eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. So, if you've been listening to the podcast or the radio show, you know that I've had a, a little saga going on with back pain over the last, like, six weeks or so. Like, I'm on the, the good side of it now. So just so you know, like, I'm fine. Well, I wouldn't say I'm fine, but I'm, I'm as close to normal as I've been since around Christmas, okay? So what I've been doing over the last few days, the last, like, week and a half, I've been getting back to getting my steps right for the day like I've been doing that because I moved to a new place and the new place is one floor where I had three floors before in the house and in the condo I don't have that so I've been trying I think that that was a big part of the problem like I was walking from one room to the other there was no muscle memory that was involved with walking up or downstairs all that stuff I think played a role with just general laziness also and why I was having back issues. So once I got to the point where I felt like I could move again towards like New Year's Eve, I started making an effort to get out and walk and climb stairs and that sort of thing. And I live high enough where it's a bit of a workout to walk the stairs back up. I tell you all that, not to humble brag, but to explain to you how I ended up talking about today's topic. And what it was was that you know, it was late last night and I had finished dinner and I kind of cleaned up around the unit and I hadn't gotten the mail yet. And I looked down at my step counter and I was like, OK, you're you're a few hundred steps away from your goal for the day. Like, are you going to chuck it in after watching the Bulls lose and and go to sleep or are you going to to go walk these steps? So I did. I went down to the mailbox because I hadn't gotten the mail. And then the climb back up, you know, eight flights of stairs, I was at my goal for the day, a little over the goal for the day. What greeted me in the mailbox was amazing. Um, I don't know about, like, some of the editorial choices that Sports Illustrated has made since they were sold, but I will say that the magazine itself looks better if that makes any sense. So the new SI, the cover story is by Greg Bishop, and he wrote about getting to the Super Bowl is easy, 
here's why getting back is so hard. And there's a, a collage of different people who have been to a Super Bowl and lost. A couple that got back and won, and there's Brian Urlacher staring you dead in the face. Him and Matt Ryan staring you dead in the face as guys who didn't get back there after losing a Super Bowl. And it made me think a lot about the 2007 Bears season. And the more I thought about it, the more it was a disaster. Like, let me take you back in time a little bit. And and this plays a role in why I think the 2007 season was such a disaster. I covered the Super Bowl, and I've been thinking a lot about that because this is ordinarily the time that you start heading to the Super Bowl city. This time last year, I literally just touched down in Miami and got the news about Kobe because uh, I had been on the plane while all this was going on. It was bizarre. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about the Super Bowl, and the last time that I was in Miami to cover a Super Bowl was when the Bears were in the Super Bowl in 2007. And I remember being there and all the energy and how excited people were. I remember running into Thomas Jones on South Beach and Saturday before the Super Bowl. I'm like, TJ, what are you doing here? He's like, I have a house like right down here. I was like, oh, okay. So we talked for a couple of minutes. I remember talking with Alex Brown throughout that week, seeing him out and about. Because I was covering the Colts. Zach was covering the Bears. So I was in charge of the Colts, which meant I was going up to Fort Lauderdale every day to talk with Tony Dungy and his team about what they were planning to do against the Bears. So I kept thinking about, as I was walking back up the stairs, huffing and puffing, I kept thinking about what went on in that locker room after the game. So the Bears lose. You know this part, right? That they lost the game. They lose the game. And if I, you know, if, if Mike Brown and Tommy Harris are healthy, they probably win that game going away. And Mike Brown has talked about that. You know, it's one of his biggest heartbreaks is not being there to be on the field with his guys in that moment. In the locker room after the game, Tony Medlin, who is the the longstanding equipment manager for the Bears, one of the really nice people who work in the business of sports. He's the guy that does the coat drive for the Bears. He's a wonderful human being. He's going around, and he's trying to collect the jerseys. Like, the guys have literally just come off the field. Guys are still in their jerseys. They're still trying to process losing the Super Bowl. So Tony's like, we need your jerseys back. And guys are like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm going to take this home. I'm going to clean it. I'm going to frame it, and I'm going to put it on my wall. The Bears wanted all of the jerseys back. They were going to take the patches off of the jerseys, and it was it was an ugly, ugly scene in there, in that locker room. Like, Because people loved T-Med, and they were mad at T-Med, and he was just – this is what they told him to do. So a bunch of players, like, reached out to me throughout that week, and they were telling me, you know, hey, you know – we really want our jerseys back. Eventually, the Bears acquiesced, and this was, I think, an example of them being cheap. They did acquiesce, and they they got the the players' jerseys framed for them because it was such bad, it was such a bad look for them to get the jerseys back. 
after I deal with all that, I go into the the media scrum, and I love the Super Bowl because they just have everyone at different seats. So I went and talked to Ron Rivera, and at the time, um, I because you know Ron was a hot coaching candidate back then, and I asked him about whether or not he was ready, and he said it it, it was his time. He's like he felt like it was his time to be a head coach, which was a, a money quote um, to a question that I had asked. I was like, I can't believe he just said that in front of a live microphone because he was still the defensive coordinator of the Bears. It didn't turn out immediately that he was going to get a head coaching job, but it it definitely set the stage for him to no longer be the defensive coordinator for your Chicago Bears. There was such – you start thinking about all the different things that happened that year. Like, it's – it's a miracle that they won seven games. An absolute miracle. The Bears don't bring back Ron Rivera because his contract had expired, remember? They don't bring him back. They promote Bob Babbage, who did a decent job as the defensive coordinator during his time under Lovey Smith. Remember what else happened? Tank Johnson gets arrested. There's that. They bring in Darwin Walker. Briggs was upset. Yeah, Boogie was upset about his his contract because what they had not transit they had they had franchise tagged him. So there was that that was going on. There were trade rumors with Lance Briggs that were happening, and then what I think was the death knell for the Bears in two thousand and seven. They traded Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones, who still, even after only being with the Bears for a couple of seasons, is a flat-out Bears fan hero. They traded him, remember? Because they felt like Cedric Benson was ready to take that next step in his career. And it never really worked out for Cedric with the Bears. He did have uh, some great years with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's really sad that he passed away last year. They they did all sorts of – like when you start really thinking about the season that the Bears had in 2007 and the weirdness of 2007, wasn't that the year they brought in Adam Archuleta too? They're like, oh, he's got fast twitch muscles. Let's send Anna Marchaletta out there and have him run around. And and let him let him be the the safety for this team. There was just everything was strange, including being on the field at training camp. We're now into August. Being on the field in training camp and the and the Bears pulling Chris Harris off the field to trade him to Carolina. The more you think about it, they had, I don't remember what I said going into the 2007 season. I do remember having an argument with William Jackson about Chris Leak because Chris Leak was on the practice squad or he, he had come to camp and Billy Jack was like, well, he's a national champion court. I was like, he can't throw. That guy can't throw. I was proven right. I don't remember what I said leading into the 2007 season. But when you look back at it, 
he was doomed. He was absolutely doomed to fail. And I'm looking forward to this examination of why teams don't get back to the Super Bowl after they get to a Super Bowl, especially if they lose. But when you think about that 2007 season, it is it is filled with just super you got Dan Bazine getting drafted and like adding him to the mix. Oh, there was a lot, a lot that went on in that season. And it was, oof. There's no wonder that this team lost nine games. A team that everyone thought would be championship caliber. It just, I got to look, see if I can find my notes because everything's like in storage and some of it is on outdated technology like mini disc. I don't know if there's a record of me saying what I thought the 2007 season was going to be about, but I'm sure I didn't think it was good because there was just too much damage that had been done between the time that this team went to the Super Bowl and the time that they took the field in September. That was a bad seven months that took place and then a bad season followed. So taking my walk to the mailbox put me in the Wayback Machine. I thought that you would enjoy some of the stories from that. Maybe I'll do a whole pod on, like, my stories from Super Bowl week. Um, You know what? It makes sense to do it. I'll do it next week. I'll do it next week, like Super Bowl week. I'll do some of the stories from Super Bowl week when the Bears went and how much fun it was. It was honestly like one of the most fun times I've ever had in my career. But yeah, that's that's oh God, I remember Chris Harris being like, Why am I like looking so confused? Like, why am I being taken out the field during practice? And then you find out that he's been traded. And here's Dante Wesley. Thanks for listening.